world of dog sports has lots of options to keep your dog's four paws busy. Let's dive deeper in four paws sports. Now, here are your hosts, Jeff Nieder and Mary Drexler. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Four Paw Sports Podcast. I'm Jeff, and with me again tonight is Mary. Hey everybody. Hey, uh, so how's life going for you so far? Because uh, it's been quite a while since we've uh, since we've done this. Well, you know, I'm up to my eyeballs and dog hair. and <laughs> That's know. like every week though. That's true, but like, so the beauty of female Samoyeds is they all, like they blow coat like completely, like not a little bit at a time they blow coat and because they all kind of followed each other coming into season they're all kind of going one after another to dump all their hair so it's pretty impressive around here right now um well, yeah so you just named the reason why i don't want a samoyed i don't need the hair <laughs> i already have picks picks drops enough hair of, them, oh, of themselves indeed. I I already I am right now looking at a pile of hair from one dog in thirty minutes that is bigger than picks. I'm just saying. Oh yeah, no, that's that's the Leaning Tower of uh, of uh, Samoyed hair there. No, it's like the the crate that picks stays on. And actually, I shouldn't even blame him. It's the Border Collies. Their Nitro's getting older, and so his coat's dropping a little bit more. And Kyber doesn't have much hair. He's kind of he's still medium rough, but. He doesn't have the fluffy coat like Nitro, so it's mostly his coat that just, like, absorbs around Pix's wire crate, and it's like the sea of black right mm-hmm. around his crate, and it's like, oh, okay, I get the vacuum cleaner out. Well, see, I would say in my house, actually, when the girls aren't blowing coat, the yeah. biggest hair culprit is the Border Collie because he's a smooth, mm-hmm. and sure. so he, there's nothing to stop the hair, <laughs> you know, so it just, and he, he just, like, it just comes out. Right, right right out like the same is okay the girls are dumping hair and sonnet looks a little bit like i found somebody's mangy creature on the side of the road and brought it home (laughs) but um (laughs) but like she's gonna quit pretty soon because she's gonna be out of hair that she can drop and then it's not gonna be so bad and the thing about vengeance that is you know special is that it's always bad like everywhere he goes he just leaves the hair and there's right. no, there's nothing that's not going to get stopped up by his guard coat. It just falls right out. And so right. you just have right. hair everywhere all the time. But I have hair everywhere all the time anyway, because I have currently nine dogs in my house, all of which shed. Yeah. And so I just run the vacuum every day and groom dogs all the time and use the dryer to blow the hair out of them all the time. And, you know, that's what you do. That's my life. Right. Well, we'll get back to the whole hair thing because I have my uh, I have my Airbnb story, which I am just oh, I'm, yeah. so, I'm still a little burned by Airbnb <laughs> at this point in time. Uh, but we'll we'll get to that here a little bit. We got plenty of we got plenty to talk to you about tonight because, um, like, you had your busy uh, your busy time. Oh, what's to say? I think it was like last month when we talked. You did your uh, nonstop ever. I'm on my fourth weekend coming up starting tomorrow for tryouts. Uh, I'm on my fourth weekend of not being home where, uh, see here, three weeks ago we were at the ISC Cup in Wisconsin for the weekend up there. Then uh, following weekend we went to uh, Florida for the U.S. Open. 
and then last weekend I was up in Detroit judging, so uh, busy, 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 busy. Now this weekend, starting tomorrow, we leave for Pennsylvania, and then I've got Texas uh, to judge the weekend after that. And then the last one would be Florida, which ends up in Disney World after I'm done judging, so nice. that'll be fun. So, yeah, that'll be fun. Uh, actual non-dog vacation. I'm not sure how that's going to work, but, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. We'll see. Non-dog vacation. Like, what what kind of strange gibberish I, is that? I can't I've even. never, I've, well, that's what happens when you have a girlfriend who doesn't do the dog sport thing with you. Um, there, I guess there I are do other priorities. my boyfriend, too. Yeah. I guess I do. I guess I do. But it just, you know, yeah. it still feels like so much of life revolves around the dogs, even when you do something without them, that. You know, right, just, right. the, the oh, whole, yeah. whole words like don't, yeah. they don't mesh in my head very well. You know? <laughs> oh yeah, but uh, so you know, going back to the start of my crazy trip, so we went to Wisconsin, had the ISC trial up there, and. Uh, took all three, entered all three, and just because it was just get, it's gotten so expensive to do multiple dogs and uh, multiple runs in a day, and they were doing eight ISC runs, and it was twenty five bucks, uh, twenty five bucks run, which you know still isn't bad, but when you do it, you know, three dogs, two days, six, it, it's it gets real pricey. I mean. Uh, so I ended up just cutting down everybody. Each one of my guys got two runs a day. So it, it wasn't terrible, but made for a long day. Still kind of hit the checkbook a little bit there, but not terrible. But uh, on the flip side, uh, Nitro, I just had him run level one just to run him before the open, just kind of get a feeling because it had been months since I'd actually entered him in a trial and actually ran him. So I figured, oh, what the hell? Let's Let's go see what happens here. So... Uh, he actually ran, I think it was clean four for four for him. So he had a really good weekend and put him actually on the podium, um, on Saturday. And unfortunately I missed that podium shot. Cause one, I wasn't thinking about any winnings or podium. I was just thinking I'm just here running my dog. I'm going to go outside, take him outside, go potty. And everybody's like, Jeff, where are you at? I'm like, what did I do? Cause anybody looking for me is always what did I do this time. Right. What am I so like, for now? Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, no, this time, uh, this time you're actually on the podium and you missed a shot. I'm going, crap. Well, okay, there, there could have been worse things they could have said I'm in trouble for, but right. Um, so I missed the podium shot with Nitro, which I got later on my own. But um, Kyber went four for four. Uh, I was really, really happy with him because um, it was all level threes for him. So. Um, really just, I was blown away how, how well he handled all the courses there. And, uh, the awesome part was Sunday was the actual qualifier for, uh, tryouts for, for, um, mm-hmm. for a world team, uh, for the, uh, for the buy and Kyber laid down four clean runs and he ended up actually clean up, taking first place on the podium. And we walked okay. out with our uh, paper certificate, which I had no intention on actually, you know, pushing for getting just ran. And lo and behold, he was on the podium for first place. I'm like, well, holy crap. Good boy. Nice. So you do it though. I mean, you know, if you get out there and all you're thinking about is, Oh man, I hope we can win or I hope we can blah, blah, blah. You know, you got to think about, the course and this is what i got to do on this course not what could happen if we do this stuff on the course right right that's the thing that will always come back and get you and yeah we'll we'll talk about that the about the open here shortly <laughs> but um <laughs> yeah, up, uh, yeah that's how that goes there um so and then picks um he got i think he was two or three out of four he was cleaning so um and he was doing level two so a lot of stuff was actually above his pay grade that i expected and 
Damn. Uh, little dog again uh, comes out and says, "Hey, quit underestimating me." And uh, he did fairly well. Um, not as fast as I'd like, but we're working on that. And I think I might have a few clues as to what to do for training for him. And uh, it's just kind of learning as we go right now because I still have never really had a little dog to run in agility. So he's a bit different still, but but we're getting there. So it was a uh, definitely uh, definitely good. Uh, then uh, memories that weekend and definitely a lot of souvenirs that came home, some water buckets. And of course that coveted, uh, that coveted uh, piece of paper for Kyber. So I don't actually have to go back to any more try or any more ISC events. If I don't want to, of course I will be a fool if I choose to uh, ignore doing those, but <laughs> the options there, I don't have to worry about qualifying anymore. So that's, isn't that was a plus for us. Isn't it funny in dog sports, the amount of things we do for a piece of paper. I mean, I know, right. You know, 30, not, not even 30 cents. Yeah. Like it's like my, most exciting things in dog sports is because I got a piece of paper that said, you know, Ach and Mach and Rock on there. And, you know, my but you know, frame. piece of paper. I, got, I don't even frame it. They're in a notebook. I mean, it's cool. I like it. I've got a big old binder that's full of, like, their title certificates and win pictures and, you know, action shots and stuff like that. So it's all there. And it's fun to look through. But yeah. I'm like, at the, at the end of the day, it's like, damn, I'm like – spending all this money and time and training and I get a piece of paper and some letters I can put on my dog's name. Right. Well, that's why we just don't, we don't look at the checkbook at that point. That's no. why we have a dog only checkbook. We just know how much money is in there enough to write the next check. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you check the balance, you make sure, but it's like, you know, and I'm not the only one. I, I have a couple of friends and we talk about, it. I have absolute amnesia. It must be like a trauma related thing. I feel <laughs> For dog expenses, you know? Yes, like, yes. Like, now, if I go to the store, I will remember weeks that I spent, you know, $200 at the grocery store. But, boy, I tell you what, I will enter a dog show, and five minutes later, I could not tell you how much money I just spent to enter that dog show. And I really feel like it's a it's a trauma response to protect myself. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I, there is, I feel there's not just a trauma thing. I think it's just an alter ego that comes out to write the checks and then they just go back to another part of your brain. Yes. Yes. Like maybe <laughs> something else wrote the check. Like everybody that does dog sports, like is addicted. You know, I mean, I think it's safe to say that we are officially addicted. You know, yes. I think it's like we have some sort of multiple personality disorder and yeah, that, that extra personality comes out when it's time to pay for dog sports or just when it's time to enter you know, right. and you're like, oh, sure, I can run, you know, four dogs in or three dogs in, you know, five classes a day for three days straight. Like, that'd be great. What a great idea. And I'll pay for that, oh, too. Yeah. And then you get to right. the show and you're like, well, what moron did this? <laughs> see, the way I look at it now is that, well, we all see the trend. There's girl math. There's boy math. Now there's dog math. Dog I'm math. sorry, not just dog math, dog show math. Because yeah. if that check is already cash and I didn't see it come out, that dog show is free, right? Right. Oh, that's why. That's, maybe that's why I don't do UKC anymore. Not because I don't like UKC obedience and stuff, and I think the confirmation's great and everything, but but like UKC, you can enter day of, and that's the you dangerous know, thing. That's dangerous, you know. Like, see, I can by the time like I did an obedience trial this past weekend. Well, I entered that thing weeks ago, right? So right, it's just right. it's like it's two completely separate events. The writing of the the paying of the entry fee is a completely separate event from the going to the show. 
Yeah. And you can just, you have all this time to, like, again, trauma response to protect yourself from, <laughs> you know. And then it's just, oh you have to yes. do that all together. Like, if you had to go to the show, pay in that moment, and then that day show. <laughs> right. I mean, that would, like, I think I seriously alter your psyche in the whole thing, you know? I think it I think it really would too. That's why I like send the checks off and then make sure that the balance stays high enough. Even though I don't know how much money's in there, I just know that there's a roundabout balance that will yep. cover the checks. Yep. Hopefully. Yeah. 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 Hopefully we aren't sending off rubber entry yeah. checks. <laughs> right. Oh God. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, God, without the judging income that was coming in for two, it was two months since I'd actually judged. And um, you kind of forget when you start running on one, uh, one income to pay for all the dog stuff. Mm-hmm. You're like, I really kind of missed that secondary yeah. income that literally goes straight to the dogs. Right. Well, because it's kind of, I feel like for judging, I would probably be like, I wouldn't think too much about that money coming in. And then if you don't think too hard about it coming in or it going right back out, like, it's just, you know, it's just like, like, let's pretend like I had investment income. I feel like it would just come in and I wouldn't think about it because I didn't get the money in my hand. You know what I mean? Well, And you just don't. Yeah. That, that's why I deposit it into its own own separate account. And other than the expense check I get for the actual judging fees, that just goes straight to the dog checking account, and it right. just covers uh, it covers everything at that point. So yeah, it was uh, it was getting a little a little sparse there. I'm like, right. oh, oh, I can't wait to start judging again. I say, good thing you're getting you got some judging assignments on your horizon. Okay, right, so you went right. off and you did IKC. I, I, oh my gosh, IS. <laughs> IKC. <laughs> I know how to talk. I talk goodly. Um, I talk goodly today. I, I, I passing. I pass English. <laughs> I, in my, this is my first language too. Yeehaw! Uh, oh, I gosh, not, yeah. um, and then you traversed <laughs> to Florida. Yes. Yeah, took that uh, took that fourteen hour drive. So left on left on Saturday morning uh, before the before the event started, and uh, trekked our way down to Macon, Georgia. Spent the night down there to kind of just take our time. And Lord knows that was actually it worked out really well because hit traffic north of Atlanta, which usually it's in Atlanta, but. Uh, that added over an hour drive there, so fortunately wasn't under the gun, but uh, stopped in Macon for the night. Of course, we had to stop at Bucky's twice. We had to stop one north of Atlanta, <laughs> and of course one on our way after Macon because you don't go you don't go to Florida if you don't go to Bucky's. I mean that's just well, part of it. I, I have a confession I mean, to make because I've made that trip twice. Oh yeah, I have yeah. never gone to Bucky's. I don't know if we can be friends now. No. <laughs> <laughs> you not go to Bucky's? <laughs> I know. You're missing. You're missing the Walmart of gas station. <laughs> and I say that in the nicest possible way because it literally has everything you could ask to eat, everything you could ever ask for. So it truly is Walmart of the gas stations, but a lot higher class. Let's see. Here's the thing, like. So I know that I'm weak and make bad decisions. And sometimes if you send me into a store, I turn into a six-year-old with a bank account. And so, <laughs> and so sometimes I just avoid places like Bucky's because yes. I would probably, my head would explode and I'd be like floating about the store. I'd be like, take my money. Ooh. And instead... If I don't go in there, 
I can't be irresponsible. This is true. But you can be irresponsible other places, though. I can. I can. Yes. But at least I haven't been here. I mean, but there's a lot of opportunities, from what I understand, to spend money in Bucky's. And Oh, you know, yes. There's now, a certain I, I will... you can't take me unless I'm going to – I'm just – there's plenty of places that I can be responsible, and then there's places that I'm like, mm, no, money. no, dog show. It's money, dog money. shows is where you're irresponsible. I know. Yes, I know. I'm really there's... good at being irresponsible about dog shows. <laughs> I mean, I have. I gave away a bunch of my horse stuff. I didn't need it anymore, but still, I won't go into a tax store because I will buy things. I just think it's the smell of the leather because the tax yeah. store that I go into, I mean, I don't even have a horse, so I have no reason to spend money. But, yes, I think it's the smell of the leather that makes yeah. you go, oh, that smells well, good. I think that just comes home with me now. Yes, yes. Oh, it does. It's definitely intoxicating. <laughs> it's a problem. Like, if you brought me into Bucky's and it smelled like leather when I got there, I'd buy the horse. Oh, stuff. God. Yeah. <laughs> But it's the food. It's the food for me always there because if you look at any Bucky's, which I'm going to be in real trouble because there's going to be one maybe 45 minutes north of me in St. Louis now that is supposedly coming. I'm going to be so screwed if I ever go out that way on 70. (laughs) I am so screwed. Um, But nonetheless, it's the food. I I honestly, I went there for dinner. Uh, Mm -hmm. Megan absolutely loved it. I mean, it wasn't in her diet realm, but I told her, go, your diet does not matter this weekend because there there is no diet on dog show. Exactly. Uh, national dog show trips. diet and regular diet are not the same. Sorry, Megan. <laughs> yep, that's that's life there. Um, but no, the food is just I've had all their pork, I've had their brisket, um, Megan had their salads. I mean, there has not been a bad thing out of there that we had either on all three trips because we had the two trips going down and we had the one trip um on the way back up and gas price was so low comparatively and it was just like you know, it just can't be it. But yes, you, it takes you two minutes. I, I've, for some reason, this meme, and I, I'm so surprised it's going around on my Facebook, but the meme is the timeline of Bucky's. It's very short to get in. It's mm-hmm. moderately long to fill up with gas. It's three quarters of the rest of the bar for shopping in Bucky's. And then the rest of it's trying to get out of the parking lot yeah. there. And I'm like, yes, it is a thousand percent accurate. Oh, no. See, and that's where, but, and that's where on a road trip, you can get me all twitchy because I am. I'm a driving ninja. Yeah. I'm talking to the woman who can make it from Mount Vernon, Iowa to Salt Lake City in 17 and a half hours and three stops, right? So right. I, when I stop, we get out, we fill up the car, we potty the dogs, we give them water, we go in, we go to the bathroom. If we right. ha- need a, a food item that is a food or beverage item that is not already packed in my car, we will get it right. and then we are gone. And exactly. so I would struggle with the idea of Bucky's on, on a road trip because I'd be like, no, 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 no. That's going to stir up my timeline because right. I am a driving ninja, people. Driving so ninja. I, okay, so now I know who actually uses the love station across from Bucky's when there were people uh-huh. going, who goes to Love's when there's Bucky's? That would be me. Yep. Uh, well, okay. That's where you'd get me because I'm also, I am also like – I am always extremely aware of how much gas is when I'm going. And so, oh, I yes, absolutely. There. Well, and plus, the thing that kind of beats Bucky's is that they don't ha- like they have pet stations, but there's no fenced yard. And that's where Loves have some beat because yeah. Loves has pet rest areas, most mm-hmm. of them, not the ones that are directly off the highway, the ones that have them, because some of the kind of the more inner off the highway ones 
don't actually have them, actually. I was kind of surprised a couple that I stopped at. Yeah, there's a really nice one in Wyoming that I've been at a few times on my way to Utah. And it's, it's like it's really well lit. And yeah. so you can see, like, even if somebody hasn't picked up their poop, you can, if it's dark, you can still see and not trample through right. the poop. And yeah. And you still feel secure. Yeah. You don't feel like you're. You know, I'm traveling with a bunch of dogs that look like wolves, and people tend to be scared right. of them, which is funny right. because they they would be completely useless. Right. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, they, they, they're not there to protect you. They're there to get hugs and cuddles and loves. The only animal I have that I think might save me if I got attacked is my one cat, and he's not <laughs> in the car with me, so... If you don't break into my house, you can probably go ahead and kill me, and nobody would, you know, <laughs> none of my dogs right, would would. Have fight. <laughs> You'd be on uh, Unsolved Mysteries. I would. I would be an Unsolved yeah. Mysteries. <laughs> Not to mention the rest stops and the, the truck stops that you've stopped at and told me your camping stories there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. See, that's why I need to get it. I mean, like I say, if I'm traveling with five dogs or less, I can sleep in my car and I can actually lock myself in so I don't feel like I'm about right. to be a statistic but you know right. no bikers no bikers no <laughs> but you know I haven't been on Unsolved um, Mysteries yet that's why we're here completely exactly. on topic exactly um, we are still <laughs> continuing this podcast no matter how many listeners we have or don't have right and we're losing them as we speak <laughs> yes exactly okay so let's let's, let's go on there so so we left so we left making you made yeah, it so we, uh, yeah, well, we're not even in Florida yet. We actually oh, okay. we stopped over at St. Simon, Simmons Island, actually, to uh, go do a little off-leash uh, off for the dogs, let them run and go uh, burn some energy off and take some fun drone footage while we're out there. So that was fun. We spent a couple hours out there just letting them run around and drink salt water. It's good times. Good times yeah, there. Uh, then, then we finally finished up in Jacksonville, where I really got to say, I got to be better about my Airbnbs because I felt like I was kind of in the project. I, I got to remember, price is kind of important next time. Yeah. Yeah. It was not not the best because, um, well, Florida is known for those burrs or those little suckers. I don't know what you want to call them or those things that really hurt sticking the dog's feet. Yep, and the little sand burrs or whatever. Yeah, yeah sand burrs. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah. oh, God, I fought that all week. Um, that was fun. Um, so, yeah, so that was the trip down there. That was uh, that was a blast. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, get down there. Start uh, checking on uh, Tuesday. Get everything all set up. Stall's good. Got the golf cart, and then uh, go get some groceries and food. And yeah, so then uh, Wednesday, get there at the crack of dawn. I'm up at five a.m. and uh, pie dogs, and get over there. Leave at six. Over there at six thirty. Start walking. We were running by oh I don't know. Run by eight o'clock and. Yeah, that was uh, that was first day. First day was a little little rough. Uh, you know, I gotta say, dogs really did they did handle everything pretty well for me. Actually, uh, not much for results on Wednesday. Nitro almost got on the podium for day one on just the uh, the U.S. Open agility run. Which those who aren't familiar with UKI, the U.S. Open is a conglomerate of multiple events going on and some are just one run events and they're standalone they have no bearing on anything else in the entire event so day one we had the u.s open agility and we had 
uh, speed stakes going on. So those were the first two events that were only going on that day. And the only thing that actually played into um, uh, impact for later that week is speed stakes because that's where you can make the cut and go to finals on Thursday night. Well, I unfortunately did not have anybody make finals except for picks and uh, that was because he got the buy from the classic uh, back in July or June. I forget even what month that was now, but he got the buy from earlier this year. So uh, his run didn't matter for round one, but um, all three of my dogs eat out. Um, it was close, but it was kind of more of a technical speed stakes run. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't anything bad. It was just I overhandled some spots and, you know, as Mary can attest, I was kind of a little emotional that week going in knowing mm-hmm. that. This was uh, this was Nitro's uh, retirement weekend. Right, it was a little hard to kind of swallow that pill. Going, oh, this is this is the this is the conclusion of his career, and it it didn't bother me up until Sunday night uh, when I messaged you, and I'm just sitting there in the car going, oh my what? god, this is this is it. I don't I don't even know how to feel about this because I'm trying to sit in the car and not break down. Just going, uh-huh. shit. Nine years, and this is where it concludes. And I have a lot of reasons to retire Nitro. One, he's you know he's eleven this year, and he's given me everything. And he's starting to show some jumping issues. Um, I don't know if it's eyesight or structure. I have a feeling it's eyesight because he gets his adjustments every week, and he's never really like poorly adjusted where he's having issues jumping. It's I think he's just having problems starting to see at this point but yeah. at 11 what do you expect right right something's gonna start so, having a problem at some point like right and you know i'd rather him go out while he's still running pretty pretty good for me and you know just let him go out while he's not gonna get hurt at this point so yeah. um so yeah so it was uh it was kind of a rough week for me trying to trying to realize okay picks he does what he does. I am not really there to worry about what he does, although he's the one that decided to come out and play finals two nights in a row for me, which I was like, oh, oh crap. Okay, the dog that wasn't actually down there to really worry about is the one that actually pulls out the big stops of everything. So I'm like, that's how he responds when you're like, nah, whatever. Like you're, you're here right. because I'm, I'm bringing the other dogs. And he's like, no, no. <laughs> yeah, every year. Well, I mean, remember last year? I mean, he when he was in the speed stakes finals um, for not even having a buy, and I'm like, okay, well, let's see how this works. You were like no intent. You did what you want to do. I I don't really care. You know, you do whatever. So, anyways, um, so it was kind of nice Thursday night. I only had picks in speed stakes finals, which and the reason why I say it was nice, it was just him. I got to go home early by. 7 o'clock that night versus 10, 30, 11 o'clock like it was last year because there weren't that many dogs uh, before picks. So we got the run, and um, he, picks uh, was actually the first dog in the 8-inch class because he was one to buy, and so there was no um, there was no time for him to be put up for uh, as far as where he was seated. So he actually ran first, and uh, he was a good dog. He laid down a perfectly clean run. Um, it wasn't super fast at first, and then he finally he finally pulled it out of first gear and finally dropped the hammer down and uh, started on, of course, since we're first dog and we're clean, we were uh, first place, and we actually held first place for quite a while, and 
Um, good dog for a second year. He actually went through 17 dogs and actually wound up on third place. So um, anybody who's ever had to, you know, be first seated and then you have to hold the podium for the entire class knows how hard that is. So um, I, I was a little emotional that night that, you know, the little dog that I put nothing like no, no stock behind. I was like, well, you know what? You do what you do. Just don't embarrass me on in front of everybody for finals. And, um, I'm like, oh crap! Okay, well, you took third place. Okay, cool. All right, there. So we'll go home with, we'll go home with um, our first medal and a trophy out of UK because at the open you either place or you get nothing to go home with. That's the thing I kind of, I kind of have mixed feelings on that because you go down there, you spend a lot of money, and even if you get a clean run, there's there's no celebration of clean runs. It's either you did it and you're on top or you're like everybody else and yeah. it, it kind of, it sucks, but it promotes competition and sure. my, in my eyes, but I, I can understand, you know, if you come home with nothing after spending all that money, it's like, oh, I would like, I'd like to come home with something that I didn't buy from the vendors. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so it was nice to have an actual trophy and for um, being able to take home the uh, medal too. So that, that was pretty cool. Um, and of course, uh, Friday, um, Friday, Kyber, Kyber and I were just kind of off all week. It was not, there wasn't anything bad, but on paper, it was just kind of a wreck. Um, he hit all of his dog walks, which that was, you know, I was happy for that one there. It was great. Some difficult entrances. So it was, it was good for him. Uh, overhandled some things for Kyber pretty much all week. Then was just kind of how his week just kind of wrapped up. There was just nothing I could just, he and I just couldn't put it together that weekend. You know what? shit happens it, it's gonna it's going to it's gonna occur even though you you walk out for the isc with you know you're by you're feeling confident like okay nothing's gonna touch us and, and then you get humbled really quickly because one thing domino affects to the other you're like all right well this brings me back down so it's okay because you know i got tryouts and that'll, that'll bring me back up to where i should be at least <laughs> well, I mean, you have three dogs that you ran down at the open that are very different dogs you know you have Right. I mean, Nitro in his prime and Kyber in his prime probably more similar, but Nitro's not in his prime, so that right. that speed and timing and everything is different. And of course, now you've put more and more training into Kyber, so he's yep. you know so learning that. Oh yeah, I've trained this. I don't have to manage this so much. And then you have Picks, who right. you know is kind of a little we bit do, of do. ball in the dice. Like you just, how fast <laughs> is he going to run? How committed is he going to be? You know, whatever. Right. And so. You know, it's just that it ups the level of difficulty. And, you know, it's a nice thing, I think, coming into tryouts is you've got one dog to focus on, and that's going to make your life easier. Exactly. And especially because I'm not focusing on the dog that, you know, it's his retirement week, and I'm not oh. trying to keep those emotions in check at the same mm -hmm. time. Because, I mean, well, I mean, you know, you've retired dogs. It's mm -hmm. There's a lot of emotion when you know it's they're going to be their last show. Although, I, I don't know how many of us actually gets a chance to actually plan and make it, you know, this is the retirement, you know, yeah. how often do you get that ability to do that? So I took that with a great stride of going, you know, what? let's have fun. You know, we get to go out doing what we love without knowing that he's crippled or there's something that is just going to be a problem down the line. So yeah, that's just, you know, that's hard keeping that in check. And then of course, like you said, running three dogs that are all three are going to run differently. Although come think of it, Nitro and Picks actually kind of started running similar just because I had to run more with Nitro and Picks than I did 
have to do with Kyber. And that's yeah. just because Nitro needs a little bit more reassurance just because mm-hmm. he's trying to stay with me and it, it, I don't focus on him for training. So his training's a little bit lackluster. But again, three dogs, three different styles, and it, it makes it hard. But so moving on to Friday, um, we had Schnooker um, and we had the uh, Biathlon Jumpers run. And um, surprisingly, um, no, I'm sorry, was that? No, that was Thursday. We had, um, yeah, it was Thursday. We had the Biathlon Jumpers and we had the uh, Schnooker. And surprisingly, of the three dogs, again, and this is probably going to start talking to shock to any of our listeners at this point, uh, Picks pulls out um, after. Um, there's six rotations for every single course that we run. Uh, four rotations had already run, and I was the fifth rotation with picks. And I'll be damned if that dog, out of 51 points, didn't lay down 48 points on a snooker run and just scrape by picking up the last uh, the last number seven on the closing there. And I'll be damned if he did not come out. Um, I think he was sitting second when I walked out of that. Um, no, he was sitting first, actually, for until that last rotation, and he got bumped down to fifth, which, again, he gets to go play the uh, the Gambler's Challenge on Friday night. So now I've got his second uh, finals for the weekend ready. And uh, funny enough, I am I am not a Gambler's person. I I don't play – I'm not great at strategy games. Snooker, I can, I can put a strategy together just – I can I can half ass it and I can kind of run by the seat of my pants. Mm-hmm. Gamblers, I'm terrible at timing. I have no. I just don't play gamblers enough because I don't have USDA in my backyard often enough to work on. I don't have enough UKI that does gamblers, so I I just don't have the option to work it very well. So I'm thinking, oh crap! Of course, this is you know gamblers where everybody at night is in the stands on four legged flicks watching. Mm-hmm. I'm going picks. Don't you dare embarrass me on this. <laughs> And he's probably saying, Jeff, don't you dare embarrass me. (laughs) (laughs) So it it was really interesting because, you know, we get to gamblers and I had already my fault for technology because I didn't get notification that the rotations were running on Friday afternoon. And I had missed Pix's Nationals round two run um, completely. And down there, there, there's no reprieve. If you miss it, you miss it. There's, there's no, oh, well, we can put you down later. Nope, you miss it, you miss it. And my fault for not paying more attention, but you know what? Lesson learned, and that's life. So we'll, we'll, we'll take that lesson and take it to next year. But um, So he only had one run that night. But the funny part is when I looked at the scores, even though I couldn't really figure out my best path for gamblers, even though he did actually get the gamble, Mm-hmm. Uh, he was actually only one point off of actually being on his second podium for the second oh, night. Like going, of course, all I had to do was just find one more point and we could have been overall right. uh, third place for games. I'm like, okay, maybe I need to start taking him a little bit more serious right. here down the line. So I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. We'll, uh, we'll take that into account. So, all right. So we've, we've run two finals now back to back, which is already an improvement over last year to begin with. And, um, so Saturday, uh, actually we'll, we'll backtrack here cause, uh, Thursday was uh, biathlon jumpers and, uh, Kyber actually only had one refusal and it was, it was a tough wee pull entrance cause it was camouflaged into the side of the uh, tunnel actually. So, 
Um, I don't think to this day still Kyber really saw the entrance to the weave poles because um, he cut in early um, and he started weaving like that was the entrance. And I you know that's just a skill set I never even thought to train because I never thought putting weave poles that close to a tunnel entrance and to the side of it on top of that. So it was it was something I think that was a little bit out of his training, but. No, neither here nor there. It was just the one refusal, so it was, it was still a good run. Um, Nitro actually only had one bar, but there were enough other dogs in his height class that actually had dropped uh, through either eliminations or had way more faults than him. So, out of the, uh, they take twenty percent of the top um, of the top scores um, overall from the overall entries, and so Nitro managed to squeak in. I think he was like number fifteen out of eighteen that actually got to go nice. uh, finals. And so, um, of course, you know I'm looking at this because they had because there were so many dogs this year, uh, they did not post who was making finals until Friday night. Uh, because they actually had to split the 20-inch group to run biathlon jumpers round one of it on one full day by itself because they just had – they had – I think I saw the numbers. It was like 400 dogs at 20 inches. So they yeah. had to make biathlon jumpers for that height by itself. So it was uh, it was kind of nerve-wracking because I saw where Nitro sat, but I couldn't do the cal- – I could do the calculation, but, you know, until you see it on paper, you just – you doubt your calculation. Was 20% the right number? I don't remember if I had the right number of dogs that was entered. And so it was uh, it was kind of nerve-wracking for the, those uh, 24 hours. So, um, so we sat there and knowing pretty sure that he was going, but Friday night we got the confirmation that, yes, biathlon agility would actually get to be uh, Nitro's – final run for his career and of course now i'm excited because okay great now we get to actually go out we get to go to finals we get to do it under the big lights and he gets to have his one last moment in the sunshine so of course i'm kind of all teared up and just excited you're a mess right (laughs) yeah i was like okay yay i'm a mess at this point so yeah so i'm all excited at that point um so, yeah, so that was great knowing going into Saturday, going, okay, no matter how the rest of the day goes, if it goes to shit, I don't care because I get to I get to finally get my last run with Nitro uh, under the big light. So I'm like, okay, you know what, rest of the day, don't care. However, that was probably the best attitude I could have gone into. Um, Kyber, unfortunately, still, I couldn't lay anything down with him. It just, it just was one thing or the other, but... Uh, Picks pulled out uh, a placement for the Master Series final agility run, actually. He went clean, and I think he took third place by the time the eights were said and done. So that was uh, pretty astounding for uh, for him because the skill sets were pretty pretty intense what he needed to actually accomplish that so i was i was thrilled for that myself as it was so it was it was exciting there but um nitro not long after because nitro and picks were in the same rotation so it was almost bang bang and back-to-back dogs but nitro started off with a clean run and he ended up i think it was third or fourth place for agility and i'm like okay you know what that's pretty pretty damn good because saying you're 11 and you know Mm -hmm. 16 select doesn't really define the age of the dog it's just best height for that dog at that time and I'm like, okay, you know what? You're probably one of the oldest dogs down here. So this is, this is pretty damn good. I, I'll take it here at this point. And I'm like, okay, well, you know what? If you don't get Master Series jumpers, I I really don't care because you got another clean run. That's great. Well, of course, you know, that afternoon, I'm just like, okay, here's jumpers. And 
I'd be damned if that dog did not save me on the course a couple times. And it was like the old days where, you know, teamwork was absolutely displayed on my part, his part, and it just came together. And uh, he got another clean run and it put him like in fifth place for jumpers over uh, for the jumpers run. And I kind of happened to, because down at the open, you get, they do live results. Um, so you can look at your score immediately after you run. Um, and then with master series, it's a combined score for the finals for the overall. Cause that's where, that's where placements take place is the overall. They don't, they don't do the individuals. Yeah. So I look at the, I look at the overall overall category and I pretty much just lost my shit. Cause nitro took first place. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me on this last day. You pick up first place in one of the, I would say probably the hardest part of the, one of the hardest parts of the competition because yeah. it's a two part, it's a two part series. So you have to be, you got to be at least, you know, no ease on either side. And of course, going clean is the better way to go. And not only did he go clean, but two cleans and he ends up on first place. And on top of that, he brings home $800. So no. he covers everybody's entry costs. I'm like, oh, holy crap. Okay. I wasn't expecting that because. I mean, I didn't know there was even a payout right. uh, for Master Finals down there. I'm like, okay, so we get a medal, a ribbon, or I'm sorry, medal, the ribbon, the uh, the trophy, and then we come home, and then we'll get a check eventually from UKI. But I was because, right, right, exactly. <laughs> it's like you for all the entries. Good job, Nitro. Good boy. Um, well, uh, the funny part, the whole thing for Mass Series is that I think the biggest payout was like $1,600. I'm going, when have we ever seen payouts for agility to be anywhere near that amount of money? That's, wow. I think the most money I've ever won, I think, is 200 bucks when right. I won the working group at the Invitational. With right. Well, and then AKC, that's a lot of money for winning for AKC, yeah. but it's like for the open, I was like going, well, UKI has sponsors, so those sponsors obviously chip in their fair share of the money there too, but I was just like going, holy crap, I've never won money at Agility, let alone you know paying for three dogs' entries at Nationals. Okay, right. I, that's that's a win there for me. That's awesome. Yeah, so yeah, that was awesome uh, for there, and so um Nitro, uh, so we we stop where we kind of take our pictures. I kind of do my cry hug and Nitro mm-hmm. and all that fun stuff. And then uh, at that point, then uh, we we go run around the golf cart for a while while we kind of get uh, Nitro prepped and ready to go for that night. And uh, puts uh, puts back on track on for a bit, and then we put on his Spectre coat. And I, I will say the boys Nitro and Kyber had their Spectre coats on in between their cool down times and i will say nitro did not have any signs of limping any forehand or any forelimb pain or anything like that and so i i gotta say i i can't say spectra coats did everything but certainly didn't hurt all week for them so i i gotta say something something worked at that point sure right but yeah so so saturday night comes around and you know we're uh we get to we get to go walk the course and it's like it's 260 270 yards long and of course the one thing that kind of makes it special is that uh Tomas uh Tomas uh was the one that judged it and uh for me that takes me back to 
the first tryouts that Nitro and I ever got to go to for EO. And uh, even though uh, Tomas had gotten hurt and he couldn't come over to go judge, we still ran his courses. So I thought it was kind of poetic to get sure. to end on one of his courses that we got our first big shot at ever doing international stuff. So I was like, okay, well, that's that's kind of poetic justice there. Yeah. So. That's awesome. Run the long course, and uh, so Nitro is actually seated third uh, to run based on his performance in biathlon jumpers. And so here we are, where we get that uh, we get the first two dogs to run in there, and of course my favorite gate steward Roxanne, who's there, who has been there for every single one of my finals run, even before I even knew who she was. Yeah, she had been there for. Everyone, Nitro's finals runs at AKC, his challengers runs, his runs from last year for the Open, uh, his runs at AKC this year for for finals, and ran for Kyber, and was even there for Pix's runs. And um, we so got to – what's that? So she's good luck. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I always walk in whenever I first see her. I always go, there's my good luck charm there. I'm like, she just always gets a kick out of that. But uh, we got to we got to take a one-file picture because I didn't tell a whole lot of people before we ran that. Uh, this was Nitro's retirement run. I mean, you knew um, going into it. And, uh, Megan knew and a couple other people I had told just as friends. But right. uh, I pulled Roxanne aside. And, of course, I made her cry because sure. I Hey, just let you know, this is uh, this is Nitro's last run ever, and I said we need a picture before he goes in, and uh, she she just started bawling. I'm like going, I didn't mean to make you cry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but she was just so touched. She goes, I I just never thought that would happen. I'm like, yeah, yeah this is the best time to do it. So so we got that picture, and I've got that posted on my Facebook. So I was I was happy going in there, and so we got to do our run and. You know, it was one of those kind of iconic movie moments going up to the line and getting the start because it was everything kind of just went quiet in my head. And I got to give Nitro a hug, tell him I love him, and we got to just throw it down for once. And we, it was the run that, you know, no errors, it was perfect and no bars, thankfully. And he saved me because, well, I almost got lost. After the dog walk, because uh, it was the backside, and then the jump after that was kind of a receded throttle um, at that point, and I lost my position because I was so used to running Kyber, who's guy running dog walk, and so his mm-hmm. momentum or carries him, and I don't have to worry about supporting the backside, but Nitro has a stop, and so I had to go back and support that, so I had lost my momentum, and thankfully Nitro is works very well for me and we had that partnership and he just he he held up he waited for me to find that jump and nice. we managed to uh managed to go on and finish it and he finished ahead of me and i was just like holy crap we actually made it through biathlon agility this year and he started on first place and um it wasn't until like the 14th dog that uh we started moving down and I'll be damned that that dog did not finish his career out on the podium for third place. And I was just like, you know, what a way to, what a way to finish a career. Uh, and yeah. it's like, regardless of how he did, that was going to be the end run. That was, that was it. Cause it was time for, it was the best interest for him, but you couldn't ask for a better way to say, 
we're going, we're done here. Yeah. Well, what a perfect bond for your guys as a team, because you guys have been a team. I mean, I remember when he was just a little fart, you know, coming to Cedar Rapids to that trial. And he was right. just well, even for photography, thing. you saw him uh-huh. as a puppy. So, yeah, I mean, you saw yeah. him as very first run. And, mm-hmm. yeah. I saw his debut. I saw him as a puppy. And yeah. you guys have always been a team. Like, you know, some dogs, you just you just click. Like, you click right off the oh, bat. Yeah. And he's been that dog for you. And so how perfect that you had that last run where that teamwork, you know. Because there's times, you know, as a handler, you're – the dog's doing their thing. You're doing their thing. You're just on it. But like, nobody has to step up extra, you know, like, right. But there, you know, he's like, no, still, I, I still got your back, dad. It's all good. Like, I'll- oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. It was just like, it was just one of those moments where, you know, that run is like, it embodied our entire career where, you know, I had his back for the first half of the run that last half he picked it up and, you know, 260 yards for, and we're, that's just one run. Every mm-hmm. course he ran, even though I pulled him on some of them that was just like, he was knocking bars or just having bad takeoff points. And yeah. I was like, oh, we're just going to pull you because we're not going to, you don't need to get hurt here. I don't want, I don't want your last week to be, we got hurt and we tore something right. there. So there were times I pulled him, but all the courses that he completed, fully were 200 plus yards every single one of them so and that was including the two runs he had earlier in the day so he had already run you know good four or five football fields at that rate and then now we're talking another you know two and a half football fields long measured straight lines so god knows what the actual foot yardage was for dog path at that point so you know to the fact that he got to throw it down for one last run on a long long course you know, I was like, going, cool. You know what? You deserve it. You get to go out. You get to retire. You get to go be a herding dog now. Right. So, yeah. So he got to, uh, he got his first place ribbon, first place trophy for Master Series final. Um, he actually earned um, two invitations to uh, UKI's Premier Invite Cup, but um, I, and so did Pix. Pix actually earned one for is a games performance. And um, I've actually just gone ahead and declined just because nitro, like I said, he's retired. I'm not pulling my retirement just for, for my own, uh, for my own sake, just to say we went to this event. Cause you know, I, once you're on top, you just don't want to, you don't want to throw that out just to have a bad, a bad weekend on your retired dog. There's like, you know what? I appreciate it. He earned two spots for invite. I'm like, you know what? That's pretty, that's pretty impressive for the week. Too bad. I can't shift that over to Kyber. Right, no kidding. Like, can I, can I bring a designated Because you'd already decided you're going to retire him. There's a reason you're going to retire him. And right. yeah, it's awesome that he went out on that high, but you don't want to, you know, because you your dog comes first, and so you go okay. But yeah, it'd be Absolutely. great to go to that cup. I mean, I'm sure that's going to be an amazing event and everything, and close certainly closer than going to Florida. But right, yeah, that's the hard part is that it's six yeah. hours versus fourteen hours. I'm like, well, we we could go. Nitro will still be in good shape, but I'm like, but well, even though you and I were talking, is that some of his runs uh, were just he was taken off bad. He was. He really he exploded the tire in his biathlon jumpers run. I'm just like going, that solidified it for me right there. I'm going, this is it. This is your week to 
do whatever you're going to do. And then I can go out and say, you know, we had a phenomenal career and what we did. And you can leave your shoes to your kid to your shoes, your kids and your grandkids coming up. And, you know, we'll, we'll let them fill those shoes for you. And, you know, picks, you know, picks got his invite for the invites, but again, I'm going to, I'm not going to go. Cause one, even if I got picks truly ready to go, I don't think I'd have enough time training on him because I'm still trying to get him off the start line fast because he's still got that unsure and it's about 25% of the run before he's kicked it into his high gears and it's just like, he's not going to be ready for that. So I'm like, all right, well, I picked up three invites on my first year. That's, I'll take it. That's that's yeah. a good thing for me. I'll take that yeah. home with me. You can appreciate that and enjoy that and that doesn't mean you have to go and then, you know, you got to do what's best for your dogs and you and your training and... You know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so uh, it was. I, I would say, you know, for Kyber on paper, it was not. It was definitely not a great result, but we got a lot of good small things out of it, and I ended up just taking it as, you know, what this is preparation for next week's next tryout. Right. So we're we're ready to go there. Picks had a phenomenal week. Nitro could not ask for you know, unless he got that first podium on on Wednesday, but uh, nonetheless, he he had a phenomenal into his career. So. Definitely, uh, definitely a very emotional roller coaster because after he got that podium, you know, all those endorphins you've been hiding for the entire week mm-hmm. kind of floods, and it's just like, oh my god, it's over with. Thank God it's over with. Right. Thank God, but also, you know, it's one of those. It's like, well, and just tell people for the people that don't know. You touched on it a little bit, but like, what was your average start time on the day for walking? Because I think when people say you started running at eight, they think of like an AKC trial where, you know, you have your course walk at 7.45 and then oh, yeah. you start running no. at eight. No, yeah. what time do you yeah. start yes. walking courses when you start running at 8 a.m.? What time are you starting? Yeah, so, well, let's just start with getting up in the day because I, I couldn't camp on site because one, I can't, I couldn't afford it. It's so expensive. I just, I couldn't afford to do it. So yeah. we were 20, we were 25, 30 minutes away from the site. So one, I had to be up at five, had to go pie dogs, had to feed dogs, had to, you know, feed myself too. Apparently I, apparently I need food for myself. Um, so, so we left the house, left the house no later than six, six Oh five every day. We were on site by six 30. We were walking courses. Um, one day it was six forty five. One day it was six 35. And that was, that was the gist is that we were starting by six 30, six 45. And, mm-hmm. You figured there's six rings, six rings, and actually there were seven rotations because one rotation, no, I'm sorry, six rings, six rotations. And you also, the other thing is too, the mentality of having to plan out which rotation, which ring, and not only in that rotation, you had to figure out what ring it was in, where you actually entered in that. And if it was a course you were entered in, was it the ring that you were running in with that height? Or was it your rotation in a different ring for that same course too? And having three dogs that were split between in that rotation between small dogs and select and a big dog. Sometimes I was walking for two dogs in the same course. Some dog. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I was walking just for picks, or sometimes just for Kyber. And so you have that mentality to um, also expect too. And so you're walking up until well i think it's till like 750 because first dog in the line is like 8 or 805 so yes walk through start at 630 645 courses don't start running till 8 805 and then that doesn't mean you're going to be running at eight o'clock that could mean 
I mean, there are some people, depends on what they aired, their first run wasn't till 10, 30, 11 o'clock. Some were so low, so low entry that they were not running till one or two o'clock in the afternoon. So there's a lot, there can be a lot of downtime or there can be no downtime. So you're talking an average day for me was 5 a.m. up until 10 o'clock that night by the time I got home, fed, dogs taken care of, bubble bath. Yes, I, I soaked in a bubble bath every night because I needed something to soak in for my right. joints. Um, every course was 220 yards plus. That's not even that's not even exaggerating. That was just minimum. I think was the least I saw was 220 yards. So you're running two to three courses a day times how many other dogs that you've entered. And yeah, you're just it's it's it is truly a marathon. And mm-hmm. then on top of that. Let's talk about around the world for surfaces because unlike AKC Nationals, Sino Sports, it is not on one surface. You have your indoor undercover that is a different dirt and different surface and what's indoors inside on top of that. Then then you have the other aspect of the outside, totally outside, weather pending grass. And yeah. then that grass can change over time because yes. It rained almost every day down there for the outside rings. And yes, it sucked because we ran in the rain. I have never done agility in the rain. Fortunately, they were very smart about it because they did not have any contact stuff out there. It was all jumpers or speed sticks. Yeah. So there was no risk of dogs falling off contact. So that was the one benefit. I, if there were contacts in the rain, I think most of us would have said, no, we're, we're not doing yeah. that. I, I would have been one of them for sure that would have pulled. So you have surface that can change from morning to afternoon because if it rains all day, the morning people, they get the surface that has not been beaten down, worn a path into ditches based on where people or feet were digging up dirt while they were running. And then you have the afternoon that could have those ditches in there. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of people who were not happy with the rain because yes, it sucks. You're wet, you're cold because it was not your typical warm Florida weather either. It was... (laughs) <laughs> it was rather cool for Florida, so uh, that that was very interesting. But the cool part for next year is that they have taken that into consideration because it has been two years for me in a row that we have had um, rainy, wet weather that absolutely just made it miserable to run out there. Last year was hurricane season, uh, which you yeah. could predict that ever coming uh, in November, no less. But this mm-hmm. year. It was just your typical Mother Nature said that this is the week we're going to rain because it hasn't rained down in Florida for I don't know how many weeks prior to this. So let's um, rain for it. Let's <laughs> right, just ruin everybody's week that week. So mm-hmm. it was definitely interesting because, you know, you you change your plan based off of the way the ring is and the weather because I certainly was not going whole hog on the courses from a handling standpoint for any of my dogs because, one, I didn't want to get hurt, and, two, I didn't want to push lines that – may not have been the best takeoff points when it was wet versus when it was dry. So things really do change when you deal with different surfaces. But next year that is not supposed to be an issue because they are going to change the ring sizes from, I think this year it was 120 by 140. I think don't, don't quote me on that, but um, they are going to have everything inside and, undercover on dirt next year so they are going to change it 
uh, from this year's ring sizes down to 90 by 140. So it'll be more rectangular, yeah. which will be more European like, which honestly, mm-hmm. I feel like I, uh, UKI is quickly going that way for course design for it'll be the only u.s ven- venue that actually does pull heavily from uh european so i i think that will be a big change for a lot of people um mm-hmm. the courses this year i th- i think they were harder than what i was expecting though knowing the judging panel i should have probably been a little bit more prepared uh for some of the harder courses but I, I even think that they were a little bit harder than most people were expecting because there were a lot of new people that had come down there for the first time. And I think for the most part, I think the courses were a bit too long um, for the select dogs and even for the small dogs because, yeah, I think Kyber's run 24 inches and, you know, he can clear 260 yards without, you know, breaking a sweat there. But then you have my 11-year-old dog and you have my 8-inch leg dog. Yeah. That's trying to run that same distance, and right. yeah, picks crap, picks crapped out on me by the end of Saturday. He goes, "I don't want to do this anymore." I'm like, <laughs> you gotta be kidding me, man! <laughs> yeah, I was like, we're doing this again. We're, we're really, we're doing this again. So you know, Nitro didn't care. He loved every minute of it. But again, eleven-year-old dog Ryan, that's going to wear them out after a while. So um, I think some of the courses uh, were very challenging for mobility challenge people who could not run with their dogs if they did not have good distance skill work and even if you did have good distance work there were so many little nuances for threadles that really made it hard for verbals to truly work um it's just some of them are just really tight and if you were not able to run and this is not a slam at anybody old or anybody who just doesn't have that who is on the disabled side that they can't run, it made it very hard for them to do that. And that's what I was talking with some people down there is going, I can't imagine if I was not in good physical shape and God, thank God I lost 30 pounds before the open from July to the time I left, which was actually outside of my expectations of weight loss. Mm-hmm. I can only think now if I had that extra 30 pounds trying to run <laughs> three dogs for the entire week, Trying to carry the extra weight around, and I was not gassed at all. Uh, maybe by the, by the time I was done, I was just finally exhausted. But right. it was it would have been very tough carrying that extra weight around. So, yeah, I, I think it was tough. Um, I think a lot of people may relook at their training if they're going to come back down because I think it's going to continue growing in difficulty. Maybe they might rein the distances in just a bit um, for next year. Yeah. Because I feel like UKI is like, they're so determined to make sure that you can run and that there's good spacing that it's almost, in some cases, a little far a little on the other end of the spectrum. Yeah, where it's like, yeah, okay, yeah, we want dogs to be able to run and we want them to be able to have strides between obstacles and whatever. But yeah, you shouldn't need just you have a whole football field to set up your course either like you right, know. <laughs> right. well, that's what the, well that's what the finals are for because the finals yes it is a full you could pro- i don't know the exact ring dimensions but it certainly felt like we could play a football game on that ring taking out the agility equipment yeah. there so yeah it was definitely you know that's fine we can have the long courses for 
the finals, but I, I think we do need to rein it in because the interesting part to me was that as a UKI judge and designer, we've been told that we're not supposed to have distances exceeding 30 foot without a true distance, really, um, okay. because they don't want to be known as the organization that is, you know, the what would be considered, you know, not slamming UKI, but would, would be considered almost like NADAC distances because NADAC focuses on distance, even though they're not working international skill set, but they are working, you know, distances, you know, that sums up, that, that sums up NADAC for the most part. Right. So they didn't want that. But the, the thing is, is that those distances that, you know, even that Tomas was putting out there for courses was, I mean, I didn't measure it myself, but it sure felt like it exceeded those distances and significantly on some of his mm-hmm. jumpers courses. So it was, it was definitely interesting, but you know, you go down to the open and you don't necessarily, I mean, you kind of know what to expect, but you know, you go down there and it truly tests your skills. And honestly, I've only been there two years and it has become my favorite event. It's a favorite mm-hmm. marathon at this point. Cause I right. know it's, it's going to suck up, you know, five vacation days to pull us off because I need that Monday to sleep right. <laughs> um, and get home. Right. Um, but then, you know, you need Tuesday through Thursday, Tuesday through Friday off just to, you know, to run everything there. So right. it definitely, um, it's a marathon and it definitely requires, you know, a dedication to, uh, to doing that. So it, I said, it's my favorite venue at this point. I don't know if I'll, I'll go back to AKC nationals. Um, because that was just a different pressure than mm-hmm. the Open because, you know, well, AKC Nationals, you know, is all about consistency and being clean. Mm-hmm. And if you had that bad one one bad run, you know, and you're in a competitive hike group, unless you have a fast dog and you can pull out a placement to mm-hmm. maybe squeak out of challengers, you're kind of, you're kind of toast at that point. Sure. Well, so, it's just, you know, and it'll be interesting to see how UKI, how the U.S. Open changes Yes. With the ring side changes, because I think when you give judges, when you give good judges giant rings, they're like, okay, I'm supposed to fill up my ring, right? Like, right, I right. mean, I mean, how programmed are even as when you're designing courses, you you take the available space, and so right. if they make the available <laughs> space a little more realistic, well, you know, right. if well, you make the available I mean, space know. a little more realistic, maybe then your courses don't. You know? Well, yeah, because I can look at you know stuff that I put down together for quad cities and everything scrunched in between around twenty-one foot, and right. then you give me a ring size like I was up in Detroit and even going down to uh, Florida for uh, in a few weeks. I'm looking at you know excess of one hundred and five wide by one hundred and ten long, and all of a sudden now I'm running courses that are I, I kind of have to squeak things in to make it not go above maximum uh, yardage required allowed by AKC. So mm-hmm. it uh, it definitely you know ring size is the uh, the key to all of this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and so yeah, and you say hey, you get these giant rings, and judges like say they're just going to be like, well, and what that does. I mean, unless you're going to put 40 obstacles out there, it means you're going to have a lot of space. So it'll be interesting to see what they have when you're going to have like 90 by 140 or whatever. I, you know, I mean, obviously you're still going to be running and you're still going to have courses, but maybe there'll be a little more where, um, you know, the spacing is more real world, I guess. (laughs) Like, you know. Yeah, it's closer. And I think it's closer to what you might see at a regular trial. And that's, that is the other problem for UKI is that 
the ring sizes at the open do not imitate what you get at your local trials because none of us have a mm. location or venue that can mimic that. And, you know, it's no fault of the open or UKI. I mean, they, they have their restrictions and, you know, it's followed too. But how, how do you train for that? That's, that's something that even though the courses are similar and they don't change, but the distances, how do you train for that? Right. Yeah, because most of us don't have access to the space. I mean, we, right. we train, Wish you know. I did. Yeah, no kidding, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody's planning to will a large sum of money to somebody, <laughs> Jeff and I are both volunteering. Yes, we will start the Julie Commune. But yeah, I mean, it's oh. just, there's, I mean, because there's, there's what typical, typical agility sizes for, you know, but even people that have like a big field, I mean, you just, you tend to not have that big of a field, you know? So no, no, I would say 90 by 110 is probably the average around there. I mean, sometimes you get wider, sometimes you get shorter and longer and stuff like that. But 90 by 110, I think is, it's a pretty reasonable average. I think you can say across the country. Yeah. That sounds pretty reasonable. So, yeah. Well, how freaking cool is it that you got to go down to Florida and have, I mean, have good runs with all the dogs, but especially to have Nitro, who's been such a special dog and taken you on such a, such a ride, you know, from, I mean, he's just been special from the time you brought him home and, and, you know, he's been your foundation sire. He's been your, you know, your, your training buddy, you know, your herding champion, your finals. I mean, you've been in finals and at, NAC, you've been, you know, UKI, you've been all this stuff. And it's like to go out like that. I mean, that's just, like you say, it's a pretty storybook. That's a Hollywood tale right there and deserving, well-deserving. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. I figure if any dog gets to deserve that, I figure after his nine-year career and one, not even knowing I would get to bring him back after COVID because he was having those, those pains, but I got to hand it to his chiropractor, Dr. Logan. She has kept him in good shape Um, because you really just don't realize just small things that can pinch nerves Mm -hmm. can just because that was the thing is that he was holding up his left front leg randomly. Just it was like, ow, like it was falling asleep or he wouldn't put Mm -hmm. it down and it was just weird. I'm like, okay, this is odd. So, you know, get him, start getting him adjusted again and. Uh, I like I said I I came in I gave her a hug that you know the next time I saw her I go you gave me two years practically of extra career and you allowed him to go out on on top as far as I'm concerned well and what a nice way to I mean I, I think that's important to add you know and we've talked that before on the podcast that you know the stuff we do to keep our dogs in top shape you know it does it lengthens their career it improves their performance and it gives us more time to and what a, you know, what a perfect example, because if you, if you hadn't done that, if you weren't, you know, getting them the chiropractic adjustments and doing the Atacon and doing the, you know, having his back on track and his, you know, having all that stuff to give him right. the very best care you can, you yeah. know, then maybe you don't have, even if you can still run him, right he maybe doesn't hold up to, you know, that, that many days, days of that, you know, and then also having the the wherewithal when he was struggling on a course to be like, all right, let's not keep struggling. Let's, let's regroup and let's come back swinging later. And, you know, just all that stuff. And it, look how it paid off. Like, look, he was able to go out. Well, and you know, just, you know, talking about, you know, taking him out at a good time is, 
you know, Nitro's not your typical dog. You know, 11 is not the the end-all age for a lot of dogs. There's some dogs that are running at 13 and 14 that, you know, are just better. Um, they may not have suffered any of the injuries that he may have come across over the years. And, you know, maybe they've got a little bit better genetics and they can run better. And, you know, and again, at Nationals, does it suck that you pull your dog from certain runs during the middle of it because it's the best thing for him? It sucks. Yeah. It hurts because, you know, that's, you know, you're running out, your time's clicking at that point that mm-hmm. you're running out of it. And it's like, yeah, it, it sucks, but you have to remember that you entered it. You drove them down there. You trained them for it. They're there mm-hmm. for the ride and to go with you. And you've got to be the one that pulls the plug at that point and going, you know what? This is not the time. This is yeah. not, this is not, the run's not going their way. We've already NQ'd. There's no reason to keep continuing the risk. Right. Well, like you say, I mean, even if you hadn't NQ'd, if they're just, if they're on the struggle bus and you're like, you know, you just, and I think that's why, I think that's why you've had nine years of really high level competition because you breed your dog, you take care of your dog. And, you know, like you say, everybody's, you know, different dogs because of structure, because of genetics, because of conditioning, because of luck. I mean, you know, one step in one spot, you know, can change a career. But we do the best, you know, And but at the bottom line, I mean, to me, the takeaway is you listen to your dog. And like, that's why you and Nitro have been such a good team. You listen to your dog. You do what's best. You do the best you can with the knowledge and resources that you have to take the best care of you can. And you, you know, and you get, and in this case, Hollywood came through and gave you a storybook (laughs) ending, you know, like just. Right. And I I will have to say Adequin has definitely given him a very new lease on his joints and has really helped his motion become very fluid at that point. So I I know some people will argue that Adequin doesn't do anything for their dogs and that may be their dog, but I I cannot praise it enough for Nitro's aspect that he – like I said, he didn't limp for an entire week running those big ass courses for five days under different weathers, different surfaces, down, long down times, cool down times, warm up times. The dog was a trooper. And I'm just going, I, I do have to, you know, like I said, it is about taking care of your dog, especially when they are older and can get hurt so easy. But that adequate. He, I've never seen him move just so fluidly after getting that loading dose put in him and mm-hmm. keeping it on him religiously. So it's it has been great, and I'm very very thankful that my vet will sell it to me directly and not force me to come in to have them administer. It. And Grant, yes, I was a little bit of a chicken shit at first. I'm going, <laughs> okay, you guys, you guys, show me how to do this because I've never done shots in my own dog's ass. So just. I just walked me through this a couple times and now I feel like a pro. Um, it's been, it, it's those first, cause who likes sticking their dogs with Neil? Nobody likes no. sticking their own dogs. Cause you know, it hurts mm-hmm. for a second, but Nitro has been just very uh, much a trooper. Let me get that done. But it has just been, I just can't, I just can't praise it enough for how much it has given him additional life on agility. But now his agility career is done. Now he gets to go to agility. Not that we're stopping Adequin, but now, now we don't have to worry about his joints, you know, falling apart on me at this point now. Well, and all that fitness and all that muscle and all that care, like you yeah, say, it's absolutely. not like you're going to quit the care. You're not, and you're going to keep him in shape. And hopefully, oh yeah, that gives you more and more time with him. 
you know, I mean, we never know. I mean, any, I mean, never, you never know. You never know when your last, like no. say your last day, your last moment, you know, whatever, but you right. know, hopefully you keep him healthy and you keep him and hopefully you have him because the goal of course is to have them healthy and happy as long as possible. Yeah, you know. no, absolutely. That's that's the whole thing. That's why I figured, you know, 11, he hasn't come up with a life-ending injury that, you know, we can't do any more agility. Let's go out while we're on top. And, you know, now, now, now I can do the aftercare for him and not worry about him getting hurt now at this point. So right. now I get to make sure he just stays in shape, keep his nutrition up, and, um, yeah, just keep him healthy at that point. And, you know, speaking of healthy, now we got the, the, the whole new flu going around there that, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, for anybody listening, you know, the best thing to do is if you have your dog and dog daycare, you know, try to find alternative means of doing it because that's going to be the fastest way of transmission is mm-hmm. those big groups. And if you're going to dog trials, don't socialize your dogs. This is not the time to do it. Keep them, keep them isolated from each other as much as possible, especially now that we're in the cold season things, you have the best option of being able to create them out of your car. You, that's going to yeah. be the best isolation you can ask for. Now, summertime, it was sucked because you know, we don't have a choice. You kind of have to create it inside with your AC is most of the time yeah. there. But yeah, it'll yeah. be interesting to see how many people do end up pulling because invitationals and, and because of this, because that's going to be the biggest conglomerate of breeds of dogs um, in right. one small confined area. So yep. we'll, we'll, well see. Uh, I have already pulled from the Invitational because I, which I feel bad. I feel bad that I took a spot from somebody who could have taken it, but I can't. But it's just can't too produce. big a risk. We just don't, you know, and I, it's a great event. I love it. I went down once. I mean, I've been, to, I've been there twice, once for the Invitational, once for, the NOC and RNC and I loved it and I was excited to go back, yeah. but I just, at the end of the day, there was no scenario where I would have been okay if I got my dog sick and we right. just don't know enough for me to feel like I can take the precautions. So, you know, like if we knew a little more about this, maybe, maybe I could, you know, be like, okay, I can keep my dog safe. But at this point we don't even really know enough to know how to keep them safe. And so it's just right. Or how to treat them at this point. Cause right, right now, last thing I'd heard is that it's an unculturable bacteria that's going mm-hmm. around right now. That's what, that's what it turns out to be. And they don't have a vaccination for it. They, they don't have any respiratory therapy that can, you know, if they do get the, the worst of it, there's no, there, there's no treatment for it really at this point. So yeah. you know, no, those consistently effective and it's not even, you know, it's not like a kennel cough where if a dog, if your dog is not really old or really young, they're going to be right. a little sick and get better most sure. of the time. This right. is, right. it doesn't seem to have a whole lot, you know, dogs. I mean, I've got, a four-year-old dog, an almost four-year-old dog, a one-year-old dog, a nine-year-old dog. We've got a ten-year-old, a seven-year-old, two-year-old. Any of them right. could be dead. It doesn't discriminate. You know, any of them could be dead. And so I just, right. it's not, there's there's no, I mean, even if, you know, even if the universe came to me tomorrow and said, well, if you go to Florida and you run, you're going to win the whole thing. I'd be like, yeah, but. You know, what if, what, what if the worst happens because I went. exactly, and it's not, there's, there's literally no outcome where them getting sick is okay. And there's just too many, you know, we're going to try right. out this weekend too. You know, Natalie's going to sure. try out 
And I feel, right. I mean, I understand there's also risk there. We've got a bunch of dogs in a building, but yeah. the dogs will not be interacting with each other. They're not, it's not near as many dogs and it's not That's dogs. That's the big thing. Then it's not dogs. Like, and I love confirmation showing. I do it. Um, but one of the things uh, that's inherently problematic about confirmation showing is you have a judge going from dog to dog to dog, putting their hands on it. Yes. You have blowers blowing stuff around. And, um, and to me that increases the risk potentially quite a bit. And at the invitational down there in Orlando, there's, there's like 27, 28 confirmation rings, which tells you just how many dogs there are. And right. And that's you just know. the rings for competition. That's not talking about the grooming area exactly. or anything along those lines. And then they're also talking that this is a this is a transmission transmittable virus from dog to human. Not that the human would get sick, but it's able to be transmitted on your clothing, oh. and you're able to transmit that way. That's just something I saw from a veterinarian who's been doing studies on this out in the East Coast in Oregon and doing studies on it, and. That I whether or not that's true, but you know it's something to take into consideration that it could be something that you could get on your clothing and uh, spread to uh, spread to your own home at that point. But yes, back to your point for tryouts. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm still going to go, but I I agree to you 100. There's going to be I think as the numbers as far as entered dogs, there's like 99 large dogs. There's I think 30 or 40 intermediates. There's 40 or 50 mediums, and there's you know 40 or 50 small dogs. So we're looking at less than 300 dogs in total as compared to the invitationals, where it is going to be packed wall to wall with dogs. And then we're talking about you know uh, spectators that come in there, mm-hmm. and you don't know they touch you know their own dogs they don't know what that brought in there but at least as tryouts there's plenty of room to spread out there's plenty of places to keep the dogs isolated and you know what if i have to and it's and it's not conducive to creating inside it's going to be rainy it's going to be 50 degrees maybe less out in latrobe throw the back on track on throw the spectra on kyber and keep them in the car and Voila, and he's going to have just as much room to move in his variable that his vario kennel that he would have in this pop-up tent crate. So, yep. I mean, there's there's options at this point. Absolutely, and you know, I'm like, my course of action is going to be like, I'm going to do some local stuff where I can work out of my car because that's the other thing about being in Orlando. You park so far away from where you actually are running that. Oh yeah, you can't. It's just not feasible. Like I have my car really well set up. Sure. That even in the summertime, I mean, unless it's really, really hot, I can keep my dogs comfortable and safe. Right, but right. you you park so far away from where you run that right. it's just not feasible to work out of your car. So sure, I'm sure. gonna do my club a day of my club's trial and my I'll be working out of my car. I'm gonna do, you know, I'll do I did an obedience trial last weekend. I worked out of my car, I brought my dog into shower, took her back out. But until we know, I kind of feel like it's sort of like we were in the early stages of COVID where we knew it was something bad and we knew it was contagious, but we didn't know what was going on. And right. as we learned more and we got treatments and we got vaccines and we got, okay, this is how you actually help prevent the spread, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Then it becomes a lot more safe to do things, taking appropriate precautions. And I feel like right now we're in the, oh crap, all we know is there's a bad thing. And I'm not saying that my dogs aren't going to get sick, but I'm going to do the best I can to not set them up to get sick. And then once we know more, then I'll, and I might change my mind about, you know, if we discover this is even more contagious than we thought, well, and poop on it. 
let my money sit in my checking account. Oh, yeah. gas. Whoa. Stay home. <laughs> I mean, it won't, it might not have, well, it'll probably have some goose eggs in it, but it won't be yeah. like, the goose eggs won't be like the first number of the checking, oh, the check like, amount. In front of the decimal points, but after the numbers, maybe even like, what a crazy. Yeah. Wow. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> That's almost as crazy as vacation without the dogs. I'm just saying. I, Oh boy, I don't know. I don't know what I'm gonna do because we're gonna be running around Disney World for four days straight, and I'm like going, "Oh, this is gonna be fun." But again, my dogs aren't gonna be with me. They won't let me bring. They won't let me bring my emotional support Pappy on with me. Yeah, that's because he might pee on something. But. <laughs> this is true. He's been good lately, though. I I will give him props. He has been very good lately. Not on with your pics, but no. <laughs> Oh gosh! Well, I think that about does it for me tonight because I gotta go get packed for the long half road trip tomorrow. So oh, I know you gotta right. get up and ready to go early. Uh huh. Because we're doing the whole darn thing tomorrow. Heck yeah! <laughs> well, you have fun. And... Said earlier, I can drive. That's what I do. Yeah. Right, right. Well, you have fun uh, taking that trip tomorrow, and I will see you on Friday morning at the briefing. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeehaw. Yeehaw. All right. Well, we'll see you on Friday. Thanks for listening, and you guys have a great night out there. Good night, everybody. Bye.